This is Seattle Sports Diaries Podcast. Now, here is your host, Mike, and the rest of the SSD gang. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of Seattle Sports Diaries podcast. I have two incredible guests with me because I got to add the third one here. Hey, long time no see, Sammy. How you doing? Uh, no problem. And as you can see over to our uh, over in this. There we go. Over there. <laughs> we have a uh, root sports. Yep. We have root sports analyst Jen Mueller. And Jen, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I'm so happy that I could actually get you on the podcast. And of course, we're all in a great mood today because the Mariners' uh, journey to a 162 and 0 perfect season is still it's alive. Yes. Um, opening day yes. win. Um, first of all, I will say this, Jen. I actually this this is actually the first time since uh, last, I think October that I seen you because I saw I I went to the Angels game where we lost on Friday. Um. And I was actually in the parking lot. I saw you walking by, but I saw you were in a really bad mood. I knew you were upset that we lost that game. So I was just like, she's not in the mood. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I mean, can you blame me at that point? We had a lot going for us. There was a lot of optimism there. I I really just can't blame you. But as you guys can see down here, there we go, down there, we got Sammy from uh, On Tap Seattle Sports. So Sammy, long time no see, brother. How you been? It's been a while. It's been a while. How's the how's the weather down in Arizona? You enjoying the freaking sunshine? I'm enjoying the sunshine. Uh, I was watching the end of the Mariners game out at the pool, um, hanging out. So nobody likes somebody who brags. Like don't nobody <laughs> likes to show off. No. Thank you very much, Jen. Thank you very much. He's he's being he's the being the, yeah he's be no you're being the asshole showing off. All right, you're being the douche by showing off already. But <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, no, let's go ahead and talk about this because this is something that we of course have to get in. So Jen, I need to ask you this. So um, year one of Kraken hockey, how exciting has it been for you to be a part of the expansion team, the Seattle Kraken? You've been a part of it since day one. Um, you know we've all enjoyed. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say like enjoyed completely with this uh team but i mean it, it's, it's been a fun season and it sucks that you know we only have uh i think 11 or 12 games left in the season to play well you know what i think i think this is the way we should look at this year you have to enjoy the process this is building something new and you know it is tough when you lose games the way that they did particularly early on but what you have seen in the last few months in the last few weeks in particular is that process paying off and some of these guys learning each other. Look, there's been a ton of turnover this year, um, but this is what happens when you build a new team. This is what happens when you try to get personalities to come together and when you try to build chemistry on the fly, because it's not like you could go and do normal team building things or just hang out in general. They started this in COVID. 
right? Like we were all wearing masks. They were all wearing masks around each other. It's not like they were encouraged to be hanging out. There, there was a lot of restrictions. So I know the win-loss record is not what, I think the expectations were based on what Vegas had done, which is pretty unrealistic. Um, but I understand that's where the bar is set. Still, there are some fun personalities on this team. It, it has been a blast getting to know some of them and to, to watch the team grow. Definitely. I love it. I love it so much. Um, again, I was I was really happy that you were a part of this Kraken uh, broadcast team. I know we've had John Forslund here on the podcast three times. We're going to have him on uh, near the end of the season. John's always a blast to talk to, by the way. Yeah. John is always uh, we we talked to Mike Denton just a couple weeks ago at a watch party. He's always fun to have a chat with. But uh, you know what? Let's actually instead of talking crack and hockey, because Piper Shaw is actually going to be coming on later okay. here. Also, Ruth yeah. Sport, she'll be talking some cracking with us. But we do. I want to talk a little cracking with you here in a second. But how about we all talk about what we want to talk about right now? The Mariners out of the gate, first game of the season, two to one win over the Minnesota Twins. Robbie Ray, um, tight pants opening day. Robbie Ray. <laughs> um, oh, boy, I think yeah. that's tight pants all day. I don't think that that's an opening day thing. I think that's an all day thing. <laughs> it really that's is. That's for good. <laughs> yeah. It I really is for good. Style. You know, honestly, I wanted to post a, an Instagram reel of just because of like looking where he's standing. I wanted to just zoom in and I'm just like, no, that's just, no, that's just too no, easy. That's, let's that's, not. That's, yeah. Let's not. Let's, let's <laughs> no, not. I, that, that was too easy of a joke, but no, um, no, Robbie Ray absolutely did a great job today. He uh, went seven innings, did a, um, he went seven innings. Uh, hang on a second. Um, so uh, seven innings, three hits, one run, all, all earned, four walks, five strikeouts. I mean, the walks were a little bit difficult to see, but um, as we know, he did uh, walk eight batters or nine, uh, nine batters in his first two starts last season. And then he started to just absolutely dominate. So, I mean, look, the thing about this start is seven innings. You, you got to love a starter going seven innings. Um, this was a big thing for the Mariners last year. We did not have a lot of guys get into the sixth inning or go six innings plus. So to see the opening day starter be able to get seven innings is a big boost. Uh, Jen, what did you see and what were you most impressed with from Robbie today? You know, I think the seven innings, Mark, is a really big deal. And look, I wouldn't read too much into any of the walk stats. I, I Look, these guys were on pitch counts during spring training because it started late. The big concern around baseball, not just the Mariners, is the health of the pitchers after a shortened spring training. I talked to a couple of catchers that unprovoked just kind of said, look, 19 games in spring training is not a lot. And you know these pitchers are going to come out throwing fire. They don't know how to dial it back. They can't dial it back in order to do their jobs well. So I, I wouldn't worry about the walks a whole lot. The fact that you go seven innings, that's huge. And I would also say one of the reasons you didn't see that a lot from the Mariners last year was by design. You were trying to utilize that bullpen. You were trying to keep some younger guys on pitch counts. The fact that Robbie Ray can do that and the fact that you will be able to see Marco Gonzalez do more of that, I do think that changes the bullpen usage, and I think that that helps the Mariners in the long run. Definitely. Uh, Sammy, your thoughts on Robbie Ray today? Yeah, I was also going to say I wouldn't read in too much to the walks. And it's the you know it's his first start of the season as well. It's early in the year. Um, you're gonna you're gonna have some rust here and there, and, and like Jen said, a shortened spring training 
And on top of on top of it all, I can't ever really complain when I see three hits, one earned run. It's mm-hmm, a great mm-hmm. performance. I felt like uh, you know, as much as I do love Marco Gonzalez. Obviously, Robbie Ray is kind of that next step up. And it's the first time since Felix on an opening day that I felt like we had that guy. And that was the first thing I thought about this morning, which was Robbie Ray's coming in. I feel pretty confident that we're going to have a good outing. And he showed up and performed. And that's kind of, you know, it feels kind of like the Mariners baseball I was used to. Some low runs up from the offense <laughs> and a dominant starting pitcher. But I like what Jen said as as well, because now the bullpen's going to get some rest, hopefully, with guys like Ray and Gonzalez getting some longer innings going. And then, you know, you can have some of the other guys in the rotation. You know, they might not last as long, but we'll have the bullpen kind of more available throughout the year. So I kind of I love what I saw from Robbie Ray. And, you know, a game like this, I think if it was later in the year, he might he maybe could have gone eight even um, only give up three hits in the earn run. But I think they pulled him at the perfect time. And um, despite the scare at the end, it, it was a great pitching performance. And I couldn't can't complain. Definitely. Uh, real quickly, I just got an update. Uh, so uh, for everybody who does watch this podcast, we do have another podcast, movie commentary podcast, BS Commentaries. We recorded our first episode of our first movie tri- movie trilogy yesterday we did teenage mutant ninja turtles uh very fun podcast by the way yes jen we do do a movie commentary podcast as well our first episode was titanic and that has gotten over ten thousand hits on itunes on apple after it got released that, w- that was a nice three hours worth of fun there i you know what i will say congratulations on that that's awesome i have never watched titanic i have wow. no plans to ever watch titanic <laughs> I know what happens. The boat sinks. I don't. Okay. Sammy, is I, don't, just, oh, you're good. Like, I don't need three hours of my life for that. I'm good. Thank you. Sammy, is it just weird? Does she sound like David? Because David was the same way. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of respect it, though. I like the idea that you said, I know what happened. Everybody's told me what's happened. Yeah. I'm not going to watch it. No need now. It's already, it's already spoiled for you. That's fair. But that's not to say that I wouldn't watch your podcast with the commentary. That careful, careful, careful with the commentary though. It isn't. It isn't e explicit. So it's a pretty explicit one. But we do do some funny jokes. Michaela from uh, Pacific Northwest Showdown. Uh, I always got to give her a shout out. She was actually the co-host of that one. She did a great job. Uh, loved what she did, and of course she. She didn't actually have the Blu-ray DVD for Titanic because she was all she was really interested in the deleted scenes when I told her about it. And what I did was what I did what what I was actually, in the deleted scenes. There was 45 minutes worth of deleted scenes of Titanic. The movie was three hours long and there was 45 <laughs> minutes of deleted scenes. Yeah, sounds a little too what? long for me as well. <laughs> well, uh, what I did for her to thank her for doing the first podcast is uh, I actually got her the Blu-ray DVD. So she's got the collector's edition, oh. but uh, getting back to this, uh, another thing that we saw. For... <laughs> oh, oh, did you want to get back to sports? We don't want to get into movie talk. Perfect. Okay, so let's go back into sports. Well, let's I, go back I did. To well, I did have to. Pr- I did have to promote the other podcast. Of well, course, of course, That's... of course, and it's good um, to reel me in from going down a rabbit hole. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. I think the one that you might also enjoy. I hate to say this, but uh, we did uh, Sword in the Stone and Robin Hood as our first animated Disney movies. Those are uh, two that me and uh, my co-host Richie had a lot of fun doing. We did, we did it a lot. Richie actually got the the joke of the podcast with the Robin Hood one, so that was kind of funny with us. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and get back to this, Mariners. So uh, of course, two innings from the bullpen. Uh, Paul Seawall comes out of there, pitches a nice one-two-three inning. Uh, 
I'm squeezing him a little bit. I'm definitely squeezed uh, Seawald a little bit today. There were some pitches where he he did have a strike and Umps didn't call it. Uh, Drew Steckenrider, of course, uh, I want to say he gave us the Fernando Rodney experience just slightly, kind of worrying us right there. Um, but right there at the end, uh, Gary Sanchez flies out to left field. And I'm not going to lie. I, you know, if the wind was blowing just a little bit harder out to left field, we're talking about a loss today. But I mean, you know, the bullpen did its job today. Uh, Drew Steckenrider did a great job. Paul Seawall, of course, is always a great workhorse for the Mariners. And uh, Jen, your thoughts on the bullpen today? Actually, I was going to flip that around and say, how about the job of Cal Raleigh in the ninth? There, there were you some go. stops on that one. And look, mm-hmm. I, I know that people are looking at him and his bat. He is one of my favorite guys in that clubhouse. And I think today, first of all, when you get paired up on opening day with the reigning Cy Young Award winner, that should tell you that's not just an organizational decision about where they want him to be. That is the pitcher saying, I am comfortable with this guy, right? And that is not a commentary on anybody else. I want that to be Cal has worked really hard to earn the trust of the number one guy. And in the ninth inning, without Cal and a couple of those blocks and, and stops mm-hmm. and, and the range that he showed, it could have been a very different game. So that's that's where I would take it. And again, with the bullpen, I would say this. You're not in high leverage situations in spring training. It doesn't matter how much you try to replicate it. They know that those games aren't going towards their regular season stats. So, you know, today, today, and, and this is not to say that we can't do, I would just give them pass fail, right? And they passed. I just needed a pass fail today, but I will, my grading does get significantly harder next week. So. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, that's, that's just on you, Jen. I mean, I don't blame you one bit. I mean, it's, it's a week into the, it's a week into the season. So the grading curve gets a little bit tougher. Yeah, I mean, they know this. Don't, bl- they know don't blame me one bit. No. Don't blame yeah. me one bit. And by the way, I did, I was actually correct with the headphone changing with the, the, the Bluetooth from yours there. Yeah. We can hear you absolutely perfectly Perfect. right now. All right. Uh, Sammy thoughts on the bullpen today. Yeah. Um, I, 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 well, first of all, I was kind of pondering and wondering, is this the rotation that we're going to have in the bullpen? Mostly is, is Streck Steckenrider going to be the closer or why is, no. why was he out there? What, what, what is the plan? It's a matchup. They're going to do matchups. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I knew you'd, I, I knew I you'd would know think, that answer better. <laughs> uh, when Ken Giles comes back, I would expect to see him more as the true closer. But the plan is still is not to have your your traditional. And when I say traditional, maybe old school is the better phrase is yeah. not to have, you know, the the setup guy, the sixth, sixth inning, seventh inning, eighth inning guy. Um, they'll they'll play matchups most of the year and ride mm-hmm. the hot hand. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that's that's not a bad not a bad, bad answer, I guess. I mean, like at the end of the day, I was just a little confused. I wasn't hundred percent sure. Is this what we're going yeah. for? And it did get a little iffy at the end. I almost, <laughs> I was tweaking out for that three, four seconds while that ball was in the air from the Gary Sanchez hit. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I have to agree with you again. It's the, the pass fail test. I mean, like we won the game two one. Um, it feels good just to get the win out. There's going to be some nerves and I'm not going to judge too hard. Like I'm not going to judge Robbie Ray too hard. There's the ball bullpen too hard. You know, you know, in game one, there's always those nerves. Like guys like Julio Rodriguez, he was swinging at the first pitch on, on every uh, at bat. So you know that game one, you can't judge too hard. You got the win on the board. So I'm happy with the bullpen. I'm happy with Robbie Ray. And I'm happy with kind of everything that I saw. Um, hopefully, you know, 
uh, we don't have to have any scary endings like we do a lot of the time uh, moving forward, but it is what it is. <laughs> you know what? You bring up a great point, though. And look, I know that this is the brand of Mariners baseball that we got used to last year. They yeah. were 33 and 19 in one run games. That is a lot of one run games. I do not want to see that many one run games no. because statistically, you cannot replicate those results. It would be nearly impossible to do that. You have got to generate more offense so that you are not in those situations. I think that goes back to then the spring training acquisitions with a couple of guys who have proven track records with bats. But yeah, I, I think today was that nice, um, uh, that Mariners win that we've gotten used to. I, I would like yeah. to see far fewer one run games. <laughs> Me yeah. too. It yeah, felt um, very usual. It felt very last year-ish. Like, okay, also, we're going to squeeze it out. But pick up where they off that's cool like we can do that if we're gonna have this if we're gonna have this many one-run games again we're gonna have a lot of mariner fans uh dying of heart failure if (laughs) we want to bet there's that too but uh um another thing here's here's something i wanted to bring up real quickly is uh, a big problem that the mariners had today and they can't have these type of issues I, i get it's game one that i'm gonna go ahead and say it's game one but there was no excuses today for 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. There were t- there were uh, two different times where both Ty France and Jesse Winker were able to get on base for leadoff, either hits or uh, walks. First of all, Ty France, one for two today with a hit. Uh, and by the way, he also got hit again. Can we please stop hitting this man? I swear to God, I'm going to put a you bounty. I am going I- to put a bounty on every pitcher who hits Ty France. And I'm going to be like, Ty, you need to hit it right at their heads. I will you pay you a thousand dollars. I've talked to Ty about this. That is Ty's game. He is not trying <laughs> to get hit, but in college, that was part of what he was taught. He owns oh all of that plate, right? Like he owns Damn. all of that space. And he does. Like, you can't intentionally get hit in college. You have to make an effort to move out of the way. So there were times that he was penalized because they didn't think that he tried hard enough to get out of the way. But it's actually part of his game. And while he does not take pleasure in being hit, he <laughs> understands that that's part of what it is. So while, yes, I would like for them to stop hitting him, I don't think it's going to happen because of the way that he sets up in place. I just yeah, I, yeah. I, I think um, we just need to get used to that. Yeah. Uh, so, again, I uh, want to bring it up. So, again, Ty France and Jesse Winker. First of all, great first game for Jesse Winker, two for four today. Uh, including uh, a nice walk. Mariners, Mariners do seven walks in this game, which was really great to see. But again, 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. Uh, twice they get Jesse Winker and Ty France on with nobody out. Um, but, you know, the first time I'm willing to let it go because, I, I mean, the the thing about Johan Duran, you're, you're... He was you're, nasty. You're dealing with a guy who's yeah. got a 101 mile an hour sinker, a 100 mile an hour fastball. He changes speeds, goes 96 on you, then goes to a breaking ball at 86. You're not beating that. It's just almost damn near impossible. But the second time, the Mariners definitely should have gotten at least one run in this one. But again, uh, I don't think this is going to be an issue for the Mariners all season long. This is this Mariners team is not going to have issues scoring runs at all. Um, but. Like I said, we'll 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 do we'll do a pass for this first game. Of course, it is it is game one of 162. And but, and Jesse Winker had two hits in all of spring training. 
They had two today. Had two <laughs> see, today. And, and this so is see, the thing I that can we... find the I can find the the silver lining in this. Yeah. And a lot of people were worrying about that in spring training, but it, but again, know. spring training spring training stats don't mean squat. Um, we just you know, need was... something to talk about. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. It, it, it really was. is. I I do think too, Mike. You're being a little. You're being tough on him. It's game one, right? So so my thing is. At the end of the day, we're not going to look at the box score every game and see what was it? Maybe Suarez, we will, but we're not going to see the the Kelnick, Rodriguez, <laughs> Crawford, o four, o for o for and o for, right? I don't. That's not going to be. I mean, no. hopefully, if, if we're going to have success this year, we're not going to see no hits from those three guys. I don't think. I don't think it's going to happen. I, it, like I also, said, I, I'm saying it's game one. I'm saying yes. it really is game one. I'm get, I, and you win against the ace, right? It's game yeah. one. Everybody's amped up. You go against the ace, who's not tired at all, right? Like on the road. On yeah. the road, yeah. the weather is while sunny. It is still flipping cold there, man. Like oh my. it's not an easy place to hit this time of year. Real quickly, Jen, we are an uncensored podcast, so you can you can say whatever you want. <laughs> but um, but real I quickly, had barely enough wine for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Sammy, I actually mentioned to Jen about that because you brought up that almost home run by Gary Sanchez. So for the next couple of weeks, I'm actually not going to be like drinking any alcohol, no beer, no, no, like what? champagne or whatever. Who does this? Wait, what? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Like, Just hear me out. Hear me out. The reason why is because I'm actually going to save my partying for when I go to Florida and watch the boys play. I will save that. Okay. That, okay. Yeah. Okay. Plus, I, plus, but I kind of want to. I, sh- so, I want to shave a couple pounds off. So okay. Just... Okay, but here's but but let me just say this. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> I, there is something to be said for building up a tolerance for when you get to Florida. <laughs> Yeah. I would hate <laughs> to see you make a rookie mistake when you get there. Okay, so I'm and taking have a the advice from the first night, and then be miserable the rest of your trip. You Just know what? I honestly, who likes to maintain a certain tolerance level. Now, see, this is this is exactly what this podcast is. It may be right. a sports podcast, but I'm but we're also getting drinking tips, right? From, Life hacks from yep. a veteran. No, from a veteran. Yeah, from a veteran from a- drinker. <laughs> nice, thank you, thank you. Um, no problem. So, uh, one highlight that I do want to bring up, though, of course, in the top half of the first inning, uh, this man absolutely just uh, what is the highlight there? No, it's not. Okay, fine. But Mitch Haniger. Two run blast in the first inning gets starts off where he ended his season last year. Um, you know, I love Mitch Haniger. I really do. I love Mitch Haniger. The fact that he uh provided the run support today for the Mariners was awesome. I love him batting in the four hole. I love him batting number four. I love the lineup, by the way, that Scott Service put together. The only thing that did confuse me a little bit was JP Crawford batting eight instead of nine, but you know. It, it is what it is. I, I trust Scott. I trust Scott. But I assure you it's not going to stay that way. He's going to run through <laughs> a ton of different lineups. That's just yeah. what they do. Um, yeah. So, uh, again, you know, uh, two to one today. Like I said, the, the positives of this game was um, Jesse Winker. Again, people were panicking over his spring training stats. And Jesse Winker gave gave him the nice finger like he gave that one pitcher in spring training. Um, so <laughs> goes two for four today. Uh, you know, Ty France won for two today, including geez, he's leading the lead and on base percentage and OPS right now, for God's sakes. Um, but also I do need to bring this up. I know this is a very stupid thing to say, 
But oh boy, this sounds of, like a great preference. I love this. As of right now, the Mariners are tied for first place with the Houston Astros in the American League West. <laughs> I was waiting to see what was coming. Uh, yeah, I, I, honestly, a little anticlimactic on that one. Eh, what do you expect? I'm a, I'm a long time sufferer, but um, <laughs> um, no. I, so real quickly, Sammy, I want to get your take on just this entire game, the the entirety of this game, because my opinion on it is uh, it was a little frustrating though to see the Mariners uh, not being able to hit with runners in scoring position. I was fine with it, but it was fun to see that this was a real. Mariners game like we experienced last year a one-run game it came down to the wire and of course we were just biting our nails up until the end yeah I hope we don't have too many of them like we said earlier but (laughs) I am I'm glad to see that the first one and I think Jen said this earlier we're not going to keep up the pace that we did last year with the one-run games it's not possible uh it it was something that that was not normal um but it's good to see the first one we were able to sneak it out today um it just shows the type of team they are and you know I, I feel like i don't know there's something about this mariners team already that it's like relaying off last year that feels mm-hmm. like they will be able to win those one run games there's something special about this team even the way when you see the excitement from jesse winker on that final catch you just saw the like i felt like there was a little extra excitement than most teams have on a 1-0 victory i think they know they're building something special here and it, there's some energy from last year that's still with this team, even with the new guys. So despite not, you know, being able to get in some runs while we had, I think, what, what was it? Oh, and eight with runners in scoring position, but, or we were, yeah, whatever it was. And so I think that at the end of the day, I just, I'm happy to see a win. I'm ready to, you know, just keep moving forward with this season. We have some tough matchups early in the season. The white Sox are no joke. The Astros are no joke. Yeah. Um, we're going to need those bats to wake up and be alive. But, you know, for for the time being, a one-run win is a one-run one run win. That's a tongue twister. And I'm happy to see it because <laughs> at the end of the day, a win's a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jen, your thoughts on uh, game one of today? Uh, as I said before, it's pass, fail, they passed. And for a lot of those guys, it just gets some energy and excitement out. I, I mean, Cal Raleigh's played at the big league level. He hasn't made an opening day start. That's something different. That's something special. Julio is one of the most uh, put together human beings I've ever met. I know that he had nerves today. Just getting those out of the way is huge. Same thing for Kelnick. He hasn't made an opening day start yet. I think today was a lot about just getting the season going. Once you get opening day out of the way, now you can kind of start to settle into what it is that you can do and will do. And once you get through opening day, and I kind of say, I say that, and I don't mean to take away from the home opener, but again, there's so much fanfare. There's so much that goes into it. It's so not in your normal habit and routine. Once you get past that, you can start to really, you know, settle into that routine and do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't argue with that. I, I really can't argue with that. I mean, uh, you know, for I grew up being a Mariners fan. I became a Mariners fan in 1994. Uh, my dad took me to my first ever Mariners game in 95. It was the Griffey walk off against the Yankees. I got to experience some of the more memorable games in the kingdom than I can ever recount. Um, you know, the, the Mariners were my first love. And, you know, every year I every year I get excited for Mariners baseball, but I don't think I don't think fans have ever been this excited. Uh, like I said, in 20 years for a Mariners team than I have ever seen it because the hype is real. I believe that this is the team to beat 
in the American League West. Like I truly believe that this team can make a run at the American League West, get into the playoffs and that drought and, you know, get a get a championship to this team. And it's so amazing to see the fans are behind this team. You know, usually, you know, usually within the la- I want to say the last five years, I've seen a lot of excitement for opening day, but I haven't seen this much excitement from the fans whether it's on social media, whether it's out in public. I mean, the hype is real. I mean, I feel like the Seattle Mariners are going to retake the city of Seattle. They're they're trying to take it away from the Seahawks. <laughs> they have a chance yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah, and of course, uh, well, I mean, we uh, we have uh, Russell Wilson. He's not here, so uh, we don't really have a player to look up to besides DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Quandre Diggs. But, you know, other other than that, you know, she got a few guys that have options. I, I, I did Rashad forget Jordan Penny, Brooks. You know, there's a few guys. Jamal Adams. Um, but again, like I said, th- this is definitely a team that I feel like that they can overtake the Seahawks and the popularity. They can make this town a baseball town again. And it's, again, the excitement level is right there. I mean, Jen, you've been, you've been with Root Sports for a while now. I don't, I, I don't know how many years. Uh, you 15. Uh, 15 years. All right. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, You have seen, you've seen some teams. You, yeah, definitely. Congratulations. You have seen a lot of really good teams, but how good of a team would you say this Mariners team really is? You know, I, on paper, there's a lot of good things that this team has done. I'm not going to look at those numbers though, because there's still too many question marks. And this is not to put a damper on anybody's excitement, but the reality is you've got guys coming over from the, from the national league that aren't familiar with American league pitching. I don't know what that transition is going to look like. I don't know what the bullpen is going to look like this year after so much success last year. I would like to think that it just continues on. What I will say is different and special because the Mariners have put together teams that have a lot of talent on paper But what I think makes this team different and special is just the vibe in the clubhouse that was evident from the first day that I walked in in spring training. They like each other. They like being around each other. They believe in each other. We talked about building chemistry with the Kraken team. The the Mariners are in a different spot because they had half of the team that was together. More than half the team was together last year. So all of that started to build. And the new guys that they've just brought in seem to seamlessly fit into that. That's what makes this special. There is a different feel among the players themselves that goes beyond their stats and their accomplishments and where they're batting and where they're playing and, and where they are in the rotation that, that I think could be the big difference maker. Because you don't know what the injuries are going to do and you don't know when the slumps are going to happen. And, and all of that will happen during the course of the year. But the chemistry piece and guys playing for each other that can be a differentiator. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, before we get you out of here, Jen, first of all, again, I want to thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, I, I appreciate the hell out of you for doing it. Um, I have so much respect for you and so, and I have, have so much respect for women in sports because I feel women can talk sports better than men can. I really do. I truly believe that. And, um, you really are. You really are uh, an amazing sports analyst, and I've and I've enjoyed the fact that you have been with Root Sports for this many years. And again, I look forward to seeing you at the ballpark. By the way, here in a few, here in a week or two. Oh, I'll be there. Definitely. I will be there for many and most of those games. <laughs> That's where you can find me all summer long. Definitely. All right. Before we get you out of here, so real quick, cracking question because I'm going to also I ask Piper this. So, 
uh, yesterday, Michigan season yes. is over for them. Maddie yes. Beneers' college career is over. Yes. Now, the possible time frame that a lot of people are doing are, are talking about is tomorrow is could be the debut of Maddie Beneers. I don't think it will, but how long do you think it's going to be until we see Matt Maddie Beneers on the ice wearing a cracking jersey? I think it's Tuesday in Calgary. Nice. Just gut I like feeling. It. I think it's Tuesday in Calgary. I don't have any inside information on this because that's what was being sorted out last night. I mean, we were playing the game. Their game ended, <coughs> excuse me, about an hour before our game started. So there was too much going on with the game to sort that through. I have a hunch that he might be in Seattle tomorrow mm -hmm. to kind of wave to the fans but not play. And then join the team for a practice, get on the plane with us Monday, and then then play Tuesday. Awesome. I I love Just it. I love, I love the hunch. Um, like I said, Jen, keep doing what you were doing. Um, I really do look forward to seeing you at the ballpark because you know, here's the thing. Um, two years ago, there was nobody at the ballpark. We were absolutely miserable. It was we depressing. Had, <laughs> it was absolutely depressing. Uh, then last year, you know, we had to wear masks and all this, but now it feels like it, we're getting back to normal lifestyle. It's amazing. And again, I just look, I, I really do look forward to seeing you at the ballpark. I, I can't wait to see you and talk, chat with you for a little bit. Uh, but I will not chat with you unless you, uh, you know, when you're busy, because you know, that's your, that's your time. I, you're, you're <laughs> on the clock. I don't want, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to be the one that gets, Jen Mueller fired from Root Sports. I, well, that won't happen. That won't happen. <laughs> Sammy, I would say I'd see you at the ballpark, but there's a better chance of seeing you at the pool in Arizona. So. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be there Don't, when, the, when really? the sunshine comes out. Really? You're going to – oh, oh wait. So, so your love of the Mariners in person is conditional. When the sun is shining, that's when you're going to show up. I will be – no, I'll be in Chicago Tuesday, Wednesday at the White Sox game. Okay. I have my beanie ready. It's going to be 50 degrees. So I do – I'll do I'll do things for the Mariners specifically. Okay. okay. Hey, when you're in Chicago, because I was just there yesterday, do write donuts. I don't know where you're staying. Oh, I know everybody goes to Stan. Stan's is not my place. Do write donuts. I'll check it out. I'm out on the West Loop, and then uh, you know, obviously be out by the stadium too. Yeah, so I'm sure there'll be. Yeah, so West. that's not. Yeah. Well, uh, not West close Loop. by, but that's just that's that's just my recommendation. I'll so, are you I'll actually figured out? <laughs> are you going to be making the trip out to uh, Florida for the Marlins and the Rays series? Oh, me? No, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, no, because the Kraken are still finishing their season. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah that, uh, that makes sense. I travel in May, so no, I am not. Because look at me, I just pulled out my paper calendar. So in case you wonder <laughs> how I keep my life straight, it is on a paper calendar. You are in my paper calendar for today. Um, no, because yeah, the Kraken are finishing up their season. So, okay. Well, I mean, uh, here's the I thing. I'm sad like, that I won't be in. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward. So I'm going to all six games, the, the Ray yeah, series and the Marlins series doing it right. Uh, because, uh, back in 2000, they were supposed to play the Marlins. Didn't happen. COVID got, got it canceled. But now that we finally have a season, uh, finally get to go travel knock off two stadiums and i will say this i'm willing to bet i'm actually us mariner fans are going to outnumber Rays fans there at that ballpark oh, yeah. because <laughs> is it just is it Probably. just me is it just me or does or does that that team needs to go up to montreal bring the expos back to put the rays in montreal be done with it 
Either that or the other side of the bridge in Tampa. It's a real hot topic down there. Yeah. Real hot topic. Definitely. I have a soft spot for teams relocating, so I feel bad telling anybody that their team needs yeah. to go. Mm. It just it still hurts. I'm still hurt about the the Mariners these days or the the Sonics these days. It's just hard. aren't we all? Montreal aren't we all? is a fantastic city, except I just went there for the first time. I love Montreal as a city, but if I'm thinking about places that I might like to go during the baseball season, Tampa's still on my list. Yeah, the you know what I mean? Okay. Like you're at the water. There's sunshine. There's a pool there. There's golf courses. So, yeah, selfishly. <laughs> <laughs> yep, just a little insight into me when I travel right there. Mm. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. Do you think Dave Sims is going to be packing the golf clubs when he goes to Florida? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I just pack a bathing suit to sit by the pool and read. And there you go. That's All right, Jen. Um, once again, thank you so much. I hope Absolutely. to have you back. I hope to have you back here on this podcast here soon. Um, but again, uh, love you so much. Love what that you've been with Root Sports for so long. Love that you are doing uh, sports analysts for uh, you know not just the Kraken but the Mariners as well. And I again, I look forward to seeing you at the ballpark here in a week. Absolutely, I'll keep an eye out for you. Thanks, guys. Have a good one, Jen. Thanks. You do. Nice to meet you, Jen. Jen Mueller from Root Sports, everybody. And now me and Sammy got a little bit to, to talk about because, uh, you know, it's been a good long time since you've been on this podcast, dude. It's been a good it long time. It has been. It has been. Um, I was in the process of moving, you know, and then there was just life. Life gets at you sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so we talked a little cracking with Jen Mueller. I want your take on the cracking real quick because we're, we, we actually are going to be having our hockey segment uh, in about 20 minutes or so. But I mean, here's the thing, you know, with, with the Kraken and everything, you know, I love what the Kraken have done this season. It, it's an expansion team. You know, nobody expected, I, if anybody expected us to do like what the, what the friggin' uh, golden Knights did, then they were out of their minds. I'm honestly going to say that they were out <laughs> of their damn minds it, that thinking that, um, that the, the Seattle Kraken would ever duplicate what Vegas did. Yeah, it's, I mean, what Vegas did as an expansion team is, you know, like a one in a hundred type or one in a million situation to go all the way to the Stanley Cup is uh, quite crazy. I think with the Kraken, um, it's actually been kind of, for me, before the Kraken, I was not the biggest hockey guy, so to say. Not that I didn't like hockey, just with when you don't have a team to support, it's a little hard to, you know, I'm just not good at watching sports when I don't have somebody to support. So now that the Kraken came in, I think regardless of wins or losses, I think it's just fun for Seattle sports fans to have a new sport to kind of learn, learn more about, you know, the whole process, how a season goes, what you want to look for in the season, um, get to know players. So for me, despite an awful record this year, which we're not the worst in the league. I think, uh, I know the coyotes are a little worse and there's one other team, uh, uh, that might be a 20 wins. So we're not the worst team in the league, but it's fine. I think it's fun. I think it's a good journey. Um, yeah, the Canadians are the Canadians are 20. actually second to last. Yeah, they're at 20 wins, and Coyotes are also there, right? Uh, Coyotes got 22 wins, but they only have 49 points. Oh, man, tough, tough years. <laughs> but the, but the, for the Kraken, I just think at the end of the day, it's a it's a fun thing for the city in a Seattle sports fan to be able to watch a new sport and have a new professional sports team in the city. So regardless of wins or losses, now, obviously 
Mike, you, you hope in the next two or three years, things get better. You know, if your first three, four years are bad, you're going to not attract the fan base very much. It's going to be hard to retain people that already maybe didn't Mm -hmm. watch hockey. And now they do just for the Kraken. It's going to be really hard to keep them around. If you continue to be bad, um, but for year one, it's okay. I think at the end of the day, yeah. we're learning We're learning about hockey. We have a team. It's fun to watch. And I can't complain too much when, you know, I I have a new sport to watch and a new team to support. So at the end of the day, I'm cool with the losing. I'd rather win, obviously, but I'm cool with it <laughs> for a year. Uh, I'm looking over at our YouTube comments. Uh, one person said, I would love to win that J-Rod show jersey. She'll be tuning in. Uh, yeah, so four days ago, we posted a tweet uh, saying that after our Jared Kelnick jersey giveaway, we're going to do a Julio Rodriguez jersey. As of right now, the tweet stands at, let's see, 1,318 retweets, 1,726 likes. Like the Like the biggest amount of attention that we've ever got to a tweet. And in those four days, our, our followers have jumped up to over 600. Which you has been un- unbelievable. Big Mariners love going on right now. Yeah, and uh, next week, by the way, is going to be the podcast's second an- second year anniversary. We're turning two years old next week. Jackie Robinson Day. Um, I like that. Yeah, and real quickly before uh, any, uh, say anything else, I want to go ahead and take this opportunity to say um, it's been a tough road for, for the two years that we've been doing this. We had to start during a COVID year. It was not a lot of talk about then in 2021, we were able, or well, later in 2020, we were able to talk baseball. So that was fun. David joined the show. I want to say about uh, 10 episodes in the first 10 episodes were honestly a disaster. Um, Really the first entirety of this entire year of this podcast, it was tough, especially with uh, some of my Twitter enemies uh, from the past <laughs> who actually pay attention to this show. Um, People will say what they want to, but uh, I will. I need to go ahead and say this. So um, to everybody who does support this podcast, to the people who have supported us since day one, you guys are amazing. Sammy's been one of them. Uh, you and George have been amazing. Uh, for everyone who's been supporting us for a long time, for for the entire two years, you guys are have been absolutely amazing. Um, to the trolls who tweet to the account, who uh, tweet to us, here's the thing. Y'all motherfuckers just want to watch people burn. That's the thing. Y'all people just want to watch people burn. And I think it's disturbing. It's messed up. Just leave us alone. If you don't want to see people succeed, that's your problem. But the thing about it is is that nobody has taken us down. We are not going anywhere. We're going to keep this podcast going for another 10, 20 years. um, Or until everybody just decides, you know, hey, it's time to retire from podcasting. Which hopefully is not for a long time. But uh, no, Sammy, you, you have been you and George have been one of the best. Uh, supporters of us and i want to say thank you real big real big because again two years man i mean that's that's a long time to be doing a podcast it is congratulations on that i mean it's uh and you know you got to know you're always going to have some people that hate on you i get the same thing everybody does like and and here's the the thing you know just gotta ignore them you know last year it would i'm not even gonna lie last year it it bothered me it really bothered me now it just doesn't bother me no more it really does not bother me anymore and Again, uh, again, to everybody who has been supporting us for over for the last two years, you guys have been absolutely amazing to all of our new followers and subscribers. Um, you guys have been absolutely amazing. And I cannot thank I just honestly cannot thank you guys. from. I, I thank you guys all from the bottom of my heart. You guys have been awesome. 
Um, and like I said, here's to year three uh, here in about a week. But um, uh, getting back to you, man, dude, Arizona uh, sports, uh, not really a lot to cheer about, but you have the Phoenix Suns, of course. Uh, this, is the, this is like the first time I'm actually talking basketball, really, um, because I told myself I would not talk basketball unless it's you dub sports. Um, and really, you know, I don't watch a lot of basketball, but I'm starting to think that maybe this really is the year that the point God actually wins a ring in Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, like, you know me, I'm a Seattle sports guy through and through with everything, but being in in Phoenix right now, um, for those that don't know, <laughs> that's where I live right now. It's hard not to be a fan of the Phoenix suns. Um, and they kind of have a, have a Mariners vibe ish to them, in my opinion, like in the sense of like, they've been known as kind of a disaster for a while. They're not, they they're not maybe not as low as like the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Kings are probably even more <laughs> on the Mariners side, but you know, the, it, it kind of similar, the, the, uh, they had a really good team in the nineties. They had a, some good teams like with Steve Nash and them, like, you know, winning 60 something games, kind of like the Mariners winning 116, but a lot of playoff letdowns. Um, so it feels cool for the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul uh, to be really good. So until the until the Seattle until the Seattle Sonics come back, I will be a Phoenix Suns fan. After that, the Suns will probably be second on my list. But for now, it's fun to be in a city where something's going that good because they are a 63 win team. They clinched the first seed by, by I think seven games now, and uh, I'm just hoping to see you know a championship in Phoenix for Chris Paul and something for me to go, you know, go enjoy a parade. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, definitely. Um, so another thing that we also uh, real quickly need to talk about is, of course, you, the University of Washington, because uh, we do have a segment on here. Uh, Trevor is not actually going to be here until I think uh, late or early September because he was a he was a Husky guy. But, you know, the UW football program is now getting rebuilt by uh, who is it? Kalen uh, uh, DeBoer. Um, so. You know that's that's a, that's a big step for the Huskies. That's a, that's a huge step for getting a, a head coach, and uh, you know there are uh, there, there's guys that actually want to finally come and play because it wasn't like that uh, a year ago with Jimmy Lake. And I actually got some inside information uh, from someone who actually knows a lot of the a lot of the uh, the football players, and they were not a fan of Jimmy Lake. Uh, the inside information that I had was a uh, Jimmy Lake was very, very highly aggressive towards the kids. He actually uh, grabbed and physically assaulted these kids on numerous occasions. And, you know, last year's university of football, here's the thing at, after the first game, I was like, it's done. The season's over. I even said that the season was over. It was a fucking disaster because Jimmy Lake, you know, you know, in the COVID year, Jimmy Lake, it looked like, you know, hey, maybe we maybe we got a good team. But it it was not it's for some reason, I think Jimmy Lake hated Sean McGrew, but it was it was just a complete and utter shit show from the University of Washington football program because, you know, surprise, surprise, we lost to the we lost to the Cougars. But I mean, honestly, I was expecting it did not expect us to win that apple cup and it was sad that our winning streak had to come to an end like that especially getting blown out yeah that was the worst that was that was the absolute worst part mike i'll say that. this is that i didn't really like 
I wasn't against the hiring of Jimmy Lake when the Huskies did it, but I didn't necessarily like it. It felt like a um, a hand down from Chris Peterson, it which it forced. basically was. It was forced. It sounded yeah, like it, pretty it, much. It was, it was basically a forced hiring. And no, yeah. you're absolutely right. I did not like it one bit. I was excited. Don't get me wrong. I was excited because it was a guy that these players liked. Um, but but that's, that other, doesn't always mean it's the right move. So and, my, my thing is you you can't you can't just listen to the former coach that says I will retire but give the job to this guy. Now maybe he's on top of the list, but I felt like as a University of Washington, a team that was in the playoffs five years ago, whatever it was, six now mm. almost, you got to go out and at least try, right? You have Oregon hires top-notch coaches. USC has Lincoln Riley. Even like the Chip Kellys of the world goes to UCLA. You can't just hire the hand-me-down coach, you know, that the, the previous coach says. I, I think that's mm -hmm. why I'm glad that they moved off Jimmy Lake. It was a disaster. If you lose to Montana, should have been fired that weekend immediately. Oh, no, 100%. <laughs> like, and, and also, real quickly, since Jen is actually gone, you can actually speak completely candid. Again, we are uncensored. But um, one guy I actually want to talk about that I'm also kind of looking forward to, to seeing in the NFL draft that I think should, I want to say go maybe possibly top 15, top 20. If he drops down to the top 25, I'll be surprised. But if he's not in the top 15, I will, I will honestly just like shit a brick. But, um, uh, PFF draft tweeted saying the only cornerback with 90 plus grades in each of the past three seasons, 2019, 85.4 was sixth. 2020, 80.6, 9th, 2021, 86.86. And it is Trent McDuffie, cornerback. And, you know, uh, let me go. Let's. I want to pull this up real quickly because this is, I think this is something that should be talked about because I find it very interesting. I think this, the Seahawks have two first round picks. I think so in this draft. Is that not correct? Yeah, the ninth and the let me get I have it here. Oh no, one. I think it's the ninth. The second round's the forty. Ninth though, so. and the tenth. Do they oh wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. no they no. have they, they traded that one to the Jets. Okay, yeah, so, so it's the ninth and then fortieth and forty first, which is the you know, their top ten picks in the second round. We have two of mm. them back to back. So it's so, ninth, fortieth, and forty first. So the ninth pick in the draft now, um let's go let's go ahead and look at a uh, NFL draft mock draft. Because I would love to see where they have Trent McDuffie, honestly. Because I feel like I feel like this. So right now the Seahawks actually uh, they have they have the Seahawks trading up to the fourth pick for some reason, um, and getting uh, Matt Corral from Mississippi, which you know I don't know. I don't I, I don't think they should trade for him honestly because I feel like you know. <sighs> They don't even have Trent McDuffie uh, in the top 20. That just surprises. Okay, they Oh, never mind. Okay, here we go. They have him to go into the Buffalo Bills at 25. Yeah, 25. And that would be a solid solid place for Trent McDuffie because the 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 Bills are one of those teams who even though that they are a good team, they do need help in that uh cornerback department, but um you know, it has been really special to see Trent McDuffie play these last couple of years. Um, and honestly, you know, it's, it's, it, 
the, I feel like that the, the, that the University of Washington, all they do is they put out great defensive players. DBU. It's it's, it's yeah. <laughs> it's not the offensive players that they put out. It's the, it's the defensive players that they put out. I mean, like look at look at some of the top safeties in the league right now. You have Byron Byron Murphy who plays for the Titans, of course. You dub. Of course, you have one of the best safeties in the league, which the Seahawks did not draft, but the Cardinals did in Buda Baker. And, and I you have still, Taylor Rapp. And, and you yeah, Taylor Rapp. I mean, Jesus, age Christ. Like, I mean, these it's guys. It's crazy if you think about it, the type of talent that they had, because like mm-hmm. even guys like Vita Vey, um, and um, there's a couple of the corners that I'm forgetting about. Like even like a guy Cindy like Jones. Taylor Rapp gets, yeah, Jones. Like Taylor Rapp gets forgotten about sometimes because it's like you got other guys like Buda Baker from UW that, you know, were a big time, big time star in the NFL. But they've produced like a handful, maybe two handfuls of top defensive players in the league. I mean, it really is special when you think about it, because, again, um, you don't really expect to see a lot of defensive players come out of one school. I mean, if I'm looking at the players that, you know, a school that's going to get a lot of draft picks, it's Alabama, it's Florida, it's LSU, it's it's teams that are fighting for a college football playoff chance. It's not a team like UW, but you know, guys want to go play for UW because especially on the defensive, especially on the defensive side of things, because they know they can shine there. They know they can shine in the pac 12. And we've seen it time and time again, you know, most of these guys who play in the pac 12, they're the ones that shine the most in the NFL, which I I love. Um, Yeah. Another thing before we get done with uh, uh, before we go to our hockey segment, um, the the University of Washington hoops. Let's talk a little bit about those because uh, UW had a had a really interesting season this year. Uh, interesting is a great way to put that <laughs> ending of the season because for some reason they I was like oh are they good at, for the final like couple weeks um, after a disastrous start. Yeah. Um, one guy, of course, uh, always uh, text with him. I'm actually going to be getting uh, one of his jerseys here soon. Uh, Nate Roberts has elected to go uh, or has elected uh, to go into the NFL draft, which I wish him the best of luck. Um, and uh, but, you know, 17 and 15, you know, that's not too bad. Not going to lie. I mean, like the, the way the season started out. It was an absolute shit show. It was a terrible, terrible showing from the University of Washington Huskies. I mean, uh, let's see. So to begin the game, to begin the season, um, they were in their first eleven games. They were they were five and six. But I mean, yeah, it it it, it turned out to be a decent season. I really thought that they were they, they should have gotten into the NIT maybe. Um, I was they did a good surprise. They didn't get into the NIT quite. I was, I was, I was so, surprised. I was so shocked that they didn't get into the NIT. I really was. Um, Pac-12 tournament though. Uh, here's the thing. You know, they did a, they had a great showing against Utah, eighty-two to seventy. That was a great showing against Utah. They just lose to USC sixty-five sixty-one, and honestly, I'm not going to say I was disappointed. I was just going to say I was heartbroken that the season had to come to an end because really they, they were definitely a sleeper in that PAC 12 tournament. I felt like maybe if they could have gotten into the semifinals, I think they might've had a better chance to, I I don't think they would have gotten into the, I don't think they would have gotten into March Madness. I don't think they would have gotten into March Madness, but I think they were, 
probably would have made their NIT chances a lot better with a semifinal finish uh, in the Pac-12. But yeah, they, they they still I feel like they still could have been in the NIT. But one more win, if they beat USC, they would have for sure been an NIT team. Hmm. I just think it's disappointing to look at a situation right now we have with UW Sports because end of the day the ending of the season was all right with the with the, with the basketball team but mm. to see what the football team did and the basketball team this year at the end of the day there's no way wazoo sports should, should be better than the husky sports and basketball <laughs> and football we're talking no. about getting recruited to pullman washington no offense to anybody that listens and is a big fan of wazoo but let's just keep it real i didn't go to either school so i'm gonna i'm just keeping it real right i have no bias here i went to a small school in california but if I'm getting recruited to Pullman or I'm getting recruited to the waterfront, Lake Mott, with the stadium and there's people tailgating with boats and you got your cherry blossom trees and you're in the middle of downtown Seattle, I don't know how we're getting out-recruited by, uh, by Wazoo right now. And even teams like Gonzaga. If Gonzaga can recruit out to Spokane, I feel like Utah basketball should be ashamed that there's another team in the state that is not producing the same way as them. So, so I really want to see a change. I like, I don't, not a change in coaching, but just they should be better. And I think it's in, I think all UW fans could probably agree. Like things should be better. So here's the thing. I mean, I think UW could have been a lot better this year if they did not lose uh, several players to the transfer. That's a big problem with uh, college sports nowadays is that guys are transferring like crazy. Yeah. Uh, we lost Raekwon battle to Montana state for transfer. We lost him here, right? Who transferred to North Texas? That is that's something that confused the hell out of me. Is Amir Wright transferring to North Texas? Even that's you said uh, battle went to Montana State. He did go to Montana State. Um, but this is uh, so I also I also <laughs> want to bring this up. So the last time the Huskies made the uh, March Madness, let me go ahead and pull this up. Um, the last time that the Huskies ever made the NCAA tournament, which was in 2018, I think it was. I think that's what, yeah. So they, so they yeah. were able to get into the NCAA tournament. So this was their roster real quickly. David Chris, Matisse Steibel, Jalen Noel, Nazir Carter, Noah Dickerson, Sam Timmons. I mean, you see a lot of these guys, but you look at a lot of where, a lot of where these players are, especially the starters and they are homegrown. They're homegrown players. And that's something that's been a big, big issue for uh, for for UW is they have not been able to lock down homegrown players. I mean, Paulo, uh, oh, oh, God, I just forgot his last name, but the guy from Duke, uh, Seattle, Washington, he he had two offers, Duke and UW. Banchero. Play for- talking about Banchero, yeah. Yeah, Banchero. And he went to Duke. And I think a lot of that falls on Mike Hopkins because, again, it's just ridiculous how Mike, Cop- Mike Hopkins cannot convince these kids to stay in Seattle, play in front of their play in front of the fans, play in front of their families. And again, you know, <sighs> Mike, can I give you can I give you an interesting fact? Yeah, I think you it, 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 it probably as a UW fan, it'll make you even more angry that Banchero didn't oh, go to UW. Crap. Um, not only is he a Seattle homegrown kid, um, his parents met at UW 
because his father played football at UW and his mom played women's basketball at UW. So I Googled this the other day during the tournament. I was like, man, I can't believe Banchero didn't go to UW. He has the Seattle tattoo on his arm. You know, I was like, man, th this would have been awesome. And then I Googled a little bit about his family. I was like, maybe his family's not from you. Maybe they moved to Seattle. No, his parents met at UW. He, his dad played football. His mom played basketball at UW. So it, I agree. This is on Mike Hopkins. The fact that you can't get a kid who's the number one player in the nation, born and raised in Seattle, both his parents played sports at UW and met there. Only two offers, might I add. Only, only two offers. He's he's. This is a Mike Hopkins problem. I'm telling you, it really is. And uh, so before we get out of here, real quickly, uh, we got to get on to the hockey segment. But uh, real quickly, Sammy. So to to conclude this UW thing, so. You do say it is a Mike Hopkins problem. I, I I do believe it is a Mike Hopkins problem. I met Mike Hopkins this past off season or this past season. Uh, really nice guy. He's intimidating as hell, by the way, because he's he's fierce when he coaches. But when he's done coaching after the game, he's a nice guy. But I do believe that I think it might be time for Mike the Mike Hopkins era to end and the Will Conroy era to begin in Seattle because the kids love Will Conroy. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't get the job, to be honest, after uh, Romar in the first place. But mm. uh, Mike Hopkins is, I guess, he was supposed to be the successor for Jim Beheim in Syracuse. So it, it was a good, you know, hypothetically, it's exactly what I complained about when it comes to UW football. So I'm glad they went for the guy, like instead of just kind of handing it down to the guy who's just there. Um, yeah. But if I'd give Hopkins another year or two. Um, cause I don't know. He's kind of had a weird journey. I'd give him a year or two just because he did have a great recruiting class of Isaiah Stewart and, uh, God, who was the second place player? I'm blanking. It was Isaiah Stewart and, uh, not DeJounte Murray. Who was the quad green? No, who was, Oh, it's Jalen McDaniels. They were both oh, top we 10, okay. both top yeah, 10 guys in the nation, in the nation. And he got them to Seattle it's really hard to build a successful program with one and dunners. Um, so he had something right at that time, but you know, it obviously just kind of failed a little bit. So I'd give him one, one or two more years, but until then, if that doesn't work, I would probably give Will Conroy a chance because I think Will Conroy out of all people can probably convince a guy like Banchero to, to, to do well because he is a UW guy through and through. Definitely. And as you can see, look who entered, look who entered the room. Look right down there. There there's, there's our boy K Hart. Look at you. Look at you and your, in your sleep showing off the guns and everything, man. Got it. Just a little bit, you know, California is still kind of hot out here. So definitely. I gotta do what I gotta um, do. And also we'd love to introduce uh, our other guests, uh, root sports analyst, Piper Shaw Piper. How are we doing tonight? Good. Can you hear me? I yes. can hear, we can okay, hear you cool. perfectly. Uh, Sammy. This is though where we bid you farewell, man. Uh, I appreciate you coming on this show, man. Uh, we definitely got to do this more often. Definitely. We and, will. And, and when the hell are you going to have me on on tap? Soon, soon. Just, just okay. Keep, just I'm going I'm, <laughs> I'm to hold you to that. Okay. I got you. All right, brother. You have a good night, man. You too. Take care, guys. Don't worry, Mike. One day he'll have you on tap. <laughs> on tap. <laughs> All right, nobody else. Okay. I'll see you guys later. All right, that's it. Now we got to get now we got to get to a serious conversation. <laughs> so, Piper, uh, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. You are now the second root sports analyst to do this. Jen Mueller was happy enough to join us uh, at the top of the hour. She, uh, first of all, I love 
uh, Jen Mueller with all my heart. She is an absolute uh, joy to talk to. Um, But uh, now uh, here comes a question that I asked her that I want to ask you. So Maddie Beneers yesterday's college career has come to an end. uh, Really kind of sucked because I was really hoping that he would actually win it all uh, at Michigan. I know a lot of people were hoping that he would lose so that he would come here. Jen has a theory that possibly here uh, on Tuesday in Calgary, he makes his debut. Um, so what do you, ex- what do you expect for this time frame for Matty Beneers to, to possibly skate for the Kraken? It is very hard to say because for, you know, anybody who follows a lot of college hockey and you might even have, be aware that uh, his a handful of his teammates have already signed their pro deals today and it's already announced and they're going to be taking the ice, you know, within the next two days with those teams. Maddie hasn't done that yet. What doesn't, which doesn't mean that he's not going to, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to cover college hockey for Fox sports North and Fox sports, Wisconsin. And I covered a bunch of first round draft picks, Cole Caulfield, Keandre Miller, like a lot of, uh, Dylan Holloway, like a lot of, you know, Oof. Alex Turcotte. You even had a lot of good names Alex right there. Turcotte, yeah, like they all were there. And I went to St. Cloud State University as well when at the same time as Will Borgen and Dennis Tulowski and Ryan Paling. And, you know, <laughs> like, so I have been around college hockey a lot. So I'm certainly not saying I, I'm quite confident that Maddie Beneers will be joining the crack. And I think Jen's probably not wrong by saying he might come hang out on Saturday. He's never been to Seattle. So I've actually met him. This is now getting convoluted here, but Oh, jealous as hell now. Yeah. So I went to, to Michigan when we had the Red Wings game, we had an off day. So we went over to Ann Arbor and I was with him for probably like four hours shooting content with him. And we did a really like long form interview and stuff. First of all, he's a gem. Second of all, like just great kids, smart kid. But second of all, one thing that I think is interesting about Maddie Beneers specifically is that he doesn't necessarily come from this family that is this like hockey dynasty family. A lot of hockey players grow up in an environment where their dads played or their moms played or their grandfathers played and all their siblings played. And they all played hockey and they all were in the best training camp since they were four years old. That's not Maddie's story which I think is interesting. Uh, I I believe he's the only person in his family who plays hockey or ever played hockey at any kind of high level. And uh, he originally was supposed to play at Harvard because his parents really cared about his education. And then when the Ivy Leagues did not have a hockey season last year, he went to Michigan because he was with the USNTDP program, which is in Ann Arbor. So he already was like familiar with like the Michigan hockey program and a bunch of his, you know, former teammates were playing there and whatever. But he told me this was granted this was in November, but he told me that his education is very important to his family. And I still believe that he's going to be signing a deal with the Kraken. And I also think obviously (laughs) the Kraken don't have a lot of prospects. Other teams in the past, like I remember when Cole Caulfield was a freshman and the Canadians, like they kind of could have used him. But sometimes when you sign too early, you end up just sending yourself straight to the minors rather than getting to go play with the big club kind of a thing. So it's kind of this dance that teams tend to do but the kraken they don't they have no reason that they wouldn't want maddie to to come up like they have they don't have a bunch of other prospects in the tank that they can be calling on right now or calling up right now obviously they don't they still have to fill out in an entire ahl roster in the summer (laughs) so (laughs) with that in mind i'm sure that they've you know they're making a sweet deal for him and to sum up my long answer to your question i i think jen is not far off on her her theory 
I'd be, I don't, there's no way we could see him tomorrow. I don't think considering that they didn't make the announcement today and they did announce Owen power and Kent Johnson and all those other players for his team. So yeah, he's also never been to Seattle. So maybe, which is actually really surprising seeing as how he did get drafted by the team. Um, Another thing I will say this though about Jen. So she gave me a real good drinking advice. So (laughs) no, because um, so, so here's, here's the thing. So, uh, I think it was last Friday that I had my last drink. I've actually stopped drinking for a few weeks because I want, because I'm uh, next, no, not next, not next Thursday, but the following Thursday, I'm actually heading out to Spokane to start my vacation. Uh, basically going to go out there, do a couple games of golf. Then of course, going to fly to Florida, watch the Mariners play the Rays and the Marlins for six games. So uh, kind of working on you know not drinking until the vacation starts i kind of want to get the the drinking she gave me some great advice though she told me like d- make sure <laughs> i i, I, I <laughs> why never am i ha- nervous <laughs> i don't yeah i was a little nervous because i was just like okay i'm getting drinking tips from a drinking veteran i loved it so uh that's the one thing i loved about this podcast is that wait what was all- the advice um she <laughs> said to uh Make sure if when I start drinking it, it you, you lose a lot. You're going to lose a lot of the, you know, your ability to actually take in more alcohol. So just go slow as it just build it up in the days mm. to come, which she's absolutely right. You definitely do have to like, don't go overboard on the first day. I mean, yeah, that's definitely she's smart. not. A... I would trust her. I would trust her. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Jen Mueller is amazing. I, I would trust anything she says. Um, of course. So now that we got the Maddie Veneers thing out of the way, uh, Khar, are we ready to do a recap of this past week for the for the Kraken? We are. And by the way, we I'm going to say this again. So uh, last night's podcast, BS Commentaries, Piper, uh, you're actually going to be getting the info on this. So last night's podcast, BS Commentary is now available on Apple, uh, Spotify, Google, and YouTube. Uh, Piper, me and K-Hart here, we do a movie commentary podcast called BS Commentaries. Uh, You can assume what it stands for for the first two letters. But uh, last night we got started on our first movie trilogy, and we started with one of the best, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And uh, K-Hart here had had a lot of fun. I think that was the most fun he's ever had. Was it like the live action CGI one or was it? No, no. Or was it like an animated one? It was the night. It was the 1991. Oh, okay. Yeah, we are are not touching Michael Bay's unless we are absolutely hammered. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like those. I have a lot of opinions about when people decide to CGI things that are supposed to be real life. Like Mm -hmm. the Lion King... I, I understand taking these Disney classics oh, and the making them live action, but the animals don't need to, like, there are other options. They should be doing, like, Treasure Planet or, like, Atlantis, things that have humans in them, not animal-based movies. <laughs> <and> just fa- <laughs> anyway, That sidebar. Definitely. Not related to Kraken hockey. All right, so let's go ahead and get to our weekly Kraken roundup. Uh, Kraken did fairly well this past week, going yes. two and two. Um, of course, the first game that we have to talk about, um, I almost wanted to punch him in his stupid ass face. Jack Eichel scoring two goals for the Vegas Golden Knights. That had to be the most annoying loss to the to the to the Golden Knights because all there was was uh, on the TV feed. I just could hear every single Golden Knights fan cheering. But how about this? Um, funnily enough, it was a Seattle return for uh, former Thunderbirds Keegan Colasar and Shea Theodore and. 
who the hell scores in the second period but Shea Theodore? I, I mean, that's irony at its best, in my opinion. Um, Alex Winberg and uh, Lind are able to get goals in this one. Unfortunately, like we said, it was a 5-2 to two loss to the Golden Knights. Again, I wasn't happy that Eichel scored. I don't like Eichel. I, I, I don't even like Marsha Sal. But, but why not? I feel like Eichel is just a douche. I th- th- that's just my opinion on that's, him. That's, I mean, you can't elaborate a little bit. I mean, he hasn't really doesn't really do much. He's just kind of there. What did Jack Eichel do to you? Yeah, he's just kind of there. Well, Marshall's an ass. I'll just say okay, that. Well, uh, Marshall's an ass on IG, so I'll give you that one. But like, Eichel is just <laughs> like when you think about um, you know McDavid, Matthews, all these big guys. Eichel is just kind of there. Like you don't really hear about him like that yeah good point but um so this game again uh the loss to the golden knights five to two loss uh we look in this category uh only one power play for the golden knights that was a big thing that i was really surprised with this cracking team because they've been making a lot of big bonehead mistakes but good it, it was a good game that where they cleaned it up they they actually played a fairly clean game which i which i really love to see um Kraken go onto the power play twice unable to get a goal uh, they did actually, I will say this though, this is a one stat that I love seeing the, the Kraken with 52.7% of the, on the face-offs. I love the fact that the, that they were able to win the face-off percentages against the Golden Knights. They were able to get 28 shots on goal. Uh, so more than, so there was, there was a fairly good amount of positives in this loss. I mean, I, I will admit it. There was, there was a good amount of po- positives in this loss, um, Again, it sucks that we lost to the Golden Knights. That's the one team I really don't want to lose to. Um, but I mean, uh, Piper, what did you what did you see from this from this uh, Kraken team during that five two loss, though? Um, I think you saw incredible resiliency in that third period, and they really, you know, turned up the heat, which is not necessarily something that we have consistently seen this team do throughout the season, you know, when they kind of get behind or when they don't feel like they're playing game, it doesn't, or their game, it doesn't seem like they always have the easiest time getting themselves back, kind of motivated back mentally in it. But of course, Jared McCann decided to do that little, take a little, little scrap, (laughs) a little fight, which isn't exactly, you know, that's not really his role. That's, that's not really his thing. And typically you don't necessarily want your uh, star goal scorer to be getting in fights and potentially being injured, you know, injury is part of any sport and it's certainly part of the game of hockey, but it's not what you would expect from him. And I think that after he did that, it was, it was on purpose. He said it in post-game media, media availability that he, you know, was trying to light a bit of a spark in his teammates. And I, I did think that, you know, they, they brought, they brought the effort in, which maybe they couldn't have, or that they don't always do rather throughout the game. And uh, also Cole Lind, I think one thing in general that's going to be fun to watch the Kraken for the rest of the season, but specifically like in that game, he got his first ever NHL goal, which is very Mm -hmm. exciting. And, uh, you know, he had some really nice comments to say after that. So that's a win. That's a dub for like a a small dub and a big L, you know, Um, small dub and a big L. I love it. Small dub and a big L. (laughs) But at the, I mean, it it wasn't even really a big L. Like ultimately, you know, they don't get two points and that it is what it is, but it's Vegas Golden Knights, which kind of makes it feel like an emotional big L. But, um, what I was going to say, though, is something that is cool to be watching right now is that because the Kraken know that they aren't making play the, the playoffs, obviously, 
they really have nothing to lose. And that's what they'll tell you is like, they, like it makes sense for them to be playing guys like Cole Lind and even, you know, Kale Flurry is playing right now. And uh, I don't know of necessarily how long he will be up in the club for, cause it kind of depends on, you know, Hayden, his brother and how his health and his injury <laughs> progresses. But at the same time, you know, I think it's, it's just nice because they have a chance to just find what works for them. They keep saying, you know, that we need to play to our identity, but, uh, I don't know exactly what that means for them. And I don't know if they a hundred percent have found what that means for them. I think they know what they want it to mean. And they're still just figuring it out how to actually play with that and make it work. But that's, that's an opportunity that they do have right now. So. Mm. Uh, K your thoughts on the, uh, on the five, two loss to the golden Knights. I mean, uh, you know, it's the Knights, <laughs> gross, right. But at the same time, it's never an easy game against the Knights. And no, it really isn't. Too. It's never easy. There's never any home runs uh, against them. They are a desperate team. They need all these points. So, of course, they're going to go crazy. They're going to try and put up as many goals as possible. Uh, I wish the Kraken could be the spoiler, but they're just not there yet. Um, unfortunately, from an offensive standpoint, they're just not there. Uh, they don't have enough offense in the front, if you will. So it's, it's close, but not quite there yet. Not to hold them at bay, like to beat the Knights, you got to put up more than two. You, you just have to. So, which they did later on, but against the Knights, you got to put up more than two, mm-hmm. but the effort is there, which is what counts. Definitely. Uh, next game on the list of course is a four to one win over the Dallas stars. Love. That's, that's another thing that I always love to do. Uh, beating Dallas in the in the in the in uh, Texas, that's always fun. Uh, but uh, Jared McCann, uh, Ryan Donato, Yanni Gordon, uh, Coleman uh, able to get goals in this one. Uh, Yanni with a nice wrister. I love that wrist shot, by the way, by Yanni Gordon. Yanni's starting mm-hmm. to show a lot of scoring prowess here late in uh, near the end of the season, and it's a kind of a nice little showing from Yanni Gord because um, uh, both me and uh, K Hart were discussing this uh, Piper and. Uh, the question is, who is going to become the captain uh, next year? I, I think a lot of people want to say Yanni Gord wants to be the captain, but I, I, you know, um, I wanted to throw out that maybe Jared McCann, who is uh, uh, now I want to say the leader of this team, could possibly get maybe a, an assistant captain or possibly the captaincy put on that jersey. I could not confirm for you who is going to be the captain. I Allegedly. was just talking about this. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I have not been told by anybody credible who the captain might be, but I don't disagree with you that I think Yanni would be a logical choice. He has, you know, he's won a cup. He has that leadership in, in his back pocket, especially with a team like the lightning. And that was somewhat, you know, recently. So that's established credibility. And he's been in the league for, a lot longer than most of these guys. I think with, I don't, I don't disagree that I, I think that Jared McCann is the kind of player and the kind of guy who does, he is a leader for this team and he's really growing into that role. But Jared McCann is also the kind of player that, which is this case with a lot of these players who they've been traded around the league a bunch because they've always been good enough to have value, but never quite good enough or, not interesting enough on either end of the spectrum to stay with a team. And so, I mean, Jared McCann's 25 years old. A bunch of these guys are 25 years old and have played for, for three, four clubs or two, three clubs at, you know, kind of depending. So I'm not saying that I don't think that Jared could, and if they, you know, promote Yanni to the C, 
I wouldn't be surprised if they gave Jared the A, but they also have four alternate captains as it is right now, which is kind of interesting that, you know, they had one C and four A's like that's more, that's not necessarily regular. (laughs) So I don't know if they would give out another A again, just because, you know, the, the promotional hierarchy there, or if they would decide to be more normal and just keep three. (laughs) I don't know, but that's Um, my take. That's my unconfirmed take. There you go. Uh, one thing I also wanted to bring up about this, uh, it happened just this past week, of course, uh, the Trevor Zegras situation with Jay Beagle. Um, that was something, yeah. I, oh, come on, you got, I know, no, because I, uh, go, go, please, please, go. go okay, so, um, the thing that I that I saw about the video, I mean, of course, the Anaheim Ducks were just absolutely destroying, uh, the, the you know, Arizona. What was it? Five to it was five to nothing at the time. Yeah, uh, two minutes left. And I think Zegris put up a Michigan. He did it, did the flip around. Right. And honestly, like people like, first of all, um, I saw Jay Beagle's interview. And honestly, I feel like now he is officially on my shit list because <laughs> I it, yeah, like what he did is just low. I get that you're getting beat up. I get that you're getting beat up five, nothing. It's the third period, but there's two minutes left. Do you really need to go after Do you honestly need to go after perhaps the star of the league in Trevor's egress? I mean, I mean, I, I found it disgraceful. I mean, I know there's, there's, Oh, by the way, your cat's making a cameo in the back. <laughs> I know this other one's been sitting here pawing at me. So just ignore them. <laughs> no, no worries. But uh, no, I mean, <sighs> In, in hockey, there's going to be uh, emotions. People are going to have, guys are going to have emotions take the best of them. But in this case, I feel like Jay Beagle was in the wrong in this one. And especially, again, especially like how bad uh, Trevor Zegers looked afterwards. I mean, I, I mean, Piper, I, I, I'd love to have your comments on, on the, on the Trevor Zegers, Jay Beagle situation. Well, one thing that I will say, I did not see Jay Beagle's interview after, so I'll have to look that up later. So I don't, I don't know exactly how he, you know, defended or what his immediate reaction was to it. I did see He'll be a, he Trevor's be a- and, you know, Trevor responded like somebody, like somebody who can't legally consume alcohol yet. You know, I thought his response well, was very fair, very emotional, very accurate, but maybe Beagle will be on your shit list. The most like, uh, you know, maybe the most tact necessarily. But what I also will say is that uh, I don't think that what Jay Beagle did is at, at all called for. Like, yeah, it's it's a scrappy game. It's hockey. You fight. Like, I get it. It's a game of emotion. It, it is a game of momentum. And obviously, Trevor Zegers was taking advantage of the momentum. But also, every time I see these people, you know, famously like John Tortorella loves to get on NHL network and complain about the, the Michigan and the lacrosse style offense and the way that offense is changing in the game. And he thinks it's cheapening the game. It's the game's evolving. The game is evolving. Like, like Jay Beagle, you don't get to be mad because you can't do that. And this is the third time that Trevor Zegers has done that this season. Like you don't really get to be mad about it. Like, like it's kind of one of those things where I think it's like bet, then you do it. Like, I just think it's an immature kind of reaction and I'm not trying to be negative towards Jay Beagle. Obviously he's had a far better NHL career than I have, but you know, no, no, no disrespect there, but also it's kind of like 
where's your self-awareness? Like if you see that play and I, if you watch the replay of that play, you know, he takes the shot through, through his legs, picks the puck back up all himself goes, it's behind the back of the net and just puts it right into the net. Like lacrosse style. It's like, I can understand why that would be infuriating, but you would think that your first reaction would be like, holy shit, that's, that's insane. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's my take. I mean, I think Zegras is good for the game. I think that also, it's just changing the game and that's frustrating for people. The game changing that you're used to is frustrating and confusing. And your take on torts. uh, First of all, I say this torts is a torts is an asshole torts is like everything. He, whenever he gets on NHL network and says that, Oh, this is bad for the game. This is disgrace in the game. Everything that comes out of his mouth is dumber than what our former president used to say. I'll just put it at that. Well, maybe not that, but well, maybe not that extreme. But either way, he makes he makes the most asinine comments in the world. Um, so K Hart, your take. Because I know I know you've been sitting on this, man. So okay, I'm gonna address Torrance. Like he's such a grandpa about his thought process about how <laughs> scoring goals like that ruined the game. It's like, and I don't understand this with a lot of people. It's like you want this for the game. You, you want to see this kind of athleticism for the game because otherwise there's no difference. Everybody is scoring, you know, with a slap shot or um, a wrister, uh, a rebound, all that stuff. But how many people do you know are taking it, lifting it, not in practice, in the game and going around with it? Who's mm-hmm. doing that? And not like, only, not only. People. Not only that, but it's so this that's the I believe that's the second time that he has scored yeah. a goal doing that. But he yeah. also has had assi- he's had an assist like that. And like yeah. there's other guys that are doing it, too. It's not just him. It's happening at the college level. Right. It's happening in women's hockey. It's happening right. in the AHL. It is. Hap- I mean, Svechnikov, they used to like at first they were calling it the Svech, right? Like when right. when Andre Svechnikov was doing it with the Canes. Mm-hmm. But but anyways, it, yeah. And also. That particular play of Zegers, he doesn't just pick up the puck and put it in the net. He literally picks up his own rebound from one side of the net between his legs behind, like goes through two defenders and then into the net and his teammate. I forget which team. uh, Is it? It was Sonny, I think. Sonny Milano. Yes, yes, yes. yes. It was Milano. He is smart enough. And when you watch it in in fast time, it goes so fast fast like the right. vision that trevor zegers has whether you like the lacrosse play or not he, he outskilled him he right. he did right and, and so i i don't understand the thought process behind this is bad for the game stop um i'm pretty sure people had the same thought process when dunking was first invented for basketball and look how well <laughs> that turned out just saying we have a whole contest for it like imagine you know, five years from now, we have a Michigan contest in in, in the uh, NHL All Star Game. Who's going to be the godfather of that? Trevor Zegra. Mm-hmm. And then, as far as the Jay Biggs situation, there's just there's there's not really a place in that. There's not really a place in the game for that anymore. Like that's unnecessary, especially with two minutes to go. You're not a playoff team. You're, you're going to be on the golf course for two weeks, guy. Like, what are you proving here? <laughs> Like, yeah, and you also know, you're, you're Jay Beagle, and that's Trevor Zegras. <laughs> like, that's where the yeah. self awareness is. Like, right? Really, you want to so. beat up this twenty year old who just completely embarrassed you? Like, I get why you're mad, but it, 
doesn't make you look good. Like, no. bro, like, bro, your team not going to be in a uh, college yeah. arena next year. I'm pretty sure you have a little more pressing issues to yeah. deal with. Exactly. Um, uh, other game this past week for the Kraken. So I, I, I wanted, like I said, I wanted to get both your your yeah. guys' opinions on that. So I'm glad I got to that uh, situation. So uh, other game this past week, of course, uh, one uh, four to one loss to the St. Louis Blues. I don't really want to get into that. That's all because it, honestly, I wasn't really expecting a win from the Kraken. It's the St. Louis Blues for for crying yeah, out loud. I mean, they they they, st- they still have guys from that Stanley Cup team, and they are still a damn good team. So honestly, it, it didn't really surprise me about that. But I mean, uh, it it still was tough to see that. But another thing, uh, let's talk about this. Uh, two nothing lo- win uh, the other night against uh, the Chicago or last night against the Chicago Blackhawks. Good. This yes, I always love beating the Chicago Blackhawks. Good, of course, me too. Because uh, Piper, funnily enough, uh, so this is how we end losing streaks here at Seattle Sports Diaries. We threaten to fire K Hart. (laughs) It always works. Why? It always works. I don't know why. It always works. It it always works. Whenever we say, if the Kraken don't win tonight, (sighs) we're firing K Hart, they win. It ends like long losing streaks. Man, I got kiss feeds. You can't keep doing this to me. <laughs> but yeah, no, it it, it it works without fail. I think it's happened what three or four times this season. Four times. Four times. Four times. One of them four being times. against the Hawks too. Mm-hmm. So actually, it was it happened against the Blackhawks that it was the first one that did it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. of course, we all remember that one. Jonas Donskoy finally scored that goal. Uh, I've been one. I've been. I made a bet with him that I thought that he was that Donskoy was actually going to score his first goal against the Anaheim uh, Ducks. But of course, he scored his first goal the game beforehand, which right. uh, kind of sucked. But anyway, um, uh, Alex went. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, keep Alex Winberg and uh, Jordan Everly with the two goals in this one. Uh, but the player of the game in this one was Philip Grubauer, who absolutely just put a donut on the Chicago Blackhawks. Another thing about this is that the the Kraken penalty or penalty kill team came to play in this one for power plays no goals for the chicago blackhawks and there was eight minutes of power play minutes for the kraken and you know the fact that the kraken were able to do so well on the power uh, on the penalty kill is uh really impressive because uh we we've seen the power play the power kill team struggle a little bit this year but they've been doing a lot better i want to say um but there has been there, there's been too many mistakes by this Kraken team, especially when it comes to uh, I think the Kraken lead or in the top five in penalty minutes. I think this season, um, not a hundred percent sure on that one, but I mean, uh, let's go ahead with you first, Khar. I mean, your thoughts on this two nothing win uh, against the Blackhawks? Uh, good, you know what I'm saying. It, it always feels good, you know. Once again, not a playoff team, but you know, any victory is still a good victory, right? Uh, you know, the Blackhawks, we know about them, what they've been getting into this season. So let's not get into that. But uh, it's a good win. You know, the Blackhawks, they still have some decent players. So it is nice to still beat, you know, guys like, you know, Taves, Kane, Debrinkin. It still feels good to beat those guys, even though, you know, they're not going anywhere and we're not going anywhere. But it's one of those moral victories. You know, I know a couple of weeks ago I talked about how, yeah, we're not a playoff team, but this is – a part of the process of getting these feel-good wins. It's like, you know, something you can look back on a year from now. Like, yeah, we were we not good back in the day, but look where we are now, right? You know, 
Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, Piper, your thoughts on the uh, two nothing shutout against the Blackhawks. So I have a lot of thoughts here, just based off of our conversation (laughs) here. First, I would say that one thing that is interesting is that I don't disagree with, with you that like these moral victories seem like they should count for something in this first season. And I think for a lot of fans, they do. And a lot of people in the organization, they do, but the, my experience at least has been with the team and in post game that they, a victory is a victory, but they don't, they don't count the moral victories very much. There's been times that they've won games that they felt like they should have played better in where they will come in looking like they lost and they'll talk as if they lost because they really have a specific kind of game that they want to play. And so even when they win or they just lose, you know, a a bad one goal game or whatever, you know, whatever it might be, they actually don't seem to value them as much, which is, which is just interesting. I get that. Like it's about the points at the end of the day, but so that, that was one thing that I wanted to share. That's not necessarily related to that, but I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. That's just been interesting where you're like, Hey, you have a lot to feel good about in this performance. And then they're like, well, and we're like, okay, maybe you don't <laughs> feel good about it. We think you should though. And I, I also agree. I'm sure that once they kind of figure it out and in, in the future seasons, they will be able to look back at those moments and, and those plays and those games and, you know, be like, look how far we come. Or like, yeah. that was a nice turning point for us or for that player. Um, uh, but in terms of the Blackhawks game the other night, uh, one thing that stood out to me, Alex Wenberg's goal, what a freaking beauty. Wow. Like we always yeah. talk about how he is one of the best skaters on this team. He's not necessarily always one of the clutchest guys. And sometimes, you know, he's, he's made a mistake here or there as most of them have, you know, and most every professional athlete does in their, uh, in their career, but that guy can skate when he can skate. And that was a beautiful play with the little Deke right in front of the net, like great play. So that is one thing absolutely stands out to me. Also Eberle's goal. He didn't really look like he was very excited in his celly at the end of it, but his goal was also really nice. Just nice shot. Just that's a hockey play right there. So that stands out to me in particular. And also I had some thoughts too, when you were talking about the penalty kill, Maybe not throughout the season their penalty kill hasn't been consistently amazing, but it's been pretty decent for them considering how many penalties they take. Their penalty kill is the reason why there are games that they have not lost by a lot worse or that they have won in many cases. I think of that. I think it was the Red Wings game that was two or three weeks ago. And I was... I was Gino took the penalty in the first 30 seconds. And then there was, I'm forgetting who took the next penalty. So then we've got two guys in the box and it's a five on three against the Red Wings. They're starting to like generate some shots. And it's like, oh my God, we're not, we're not even two minutes in the, into, into the game. And we're already <laughs> just not, not looking good. But then Gio comes out of the box, gets the shorthand. It was just a crazy, the whole period was like insane. I think there was eight minutes of penalties in the first period alone. So that, that, you know, do with that what you will. But I actually think that their penalty kill is one. It's certainly stronger than their power play unit uh, in terms of <laughs> what has led to them winning or losing games, you know, that that difference maker. So I actually think even though maybe comparated or comparatively to really strong teams in the league, I actually think their penalty kill is maybe a highlight for them. <laughs> Definitely. Um, before we get you out of here, two more things. So, uh, one player that has really stood out to me, uh, the one guy that we acquired in the trade, uh, near the trade deadline. And I 
think he really does have a future with the Kraken. Daniel Sprung, I want to say, I want him in Seattle. I want him to be a part of this winning uh, culture in Seattle because Daniel Sprung has bounced around from organization to organization. Nobody really gives him a chance. And the fact that he's played really well so far for the Kraken, it looks like he's fitting really well into the, not just with the roster, but with the system that the Kraken have. Um, so that's one player that I want to look out for. Uh, I mean, what what is your been uh, your t- take on Daniel Sprung here for the last couple of weeks that he's been playing with us? So I have not been able to meet him in person yet. Of course, I have you know seen him in passing by, but I've not been able to actually have a conversation with him yet. Um, so I can't necessarily comment on that. But I thought that he has looked really good, especially because considering that. Ron Francis very candidly and publicly said that the reason that we took Daniel Sprong from the Capitals was because the Capitals asked us to. Like it wasn't, you know, like they literally said, please take him. And Ron Francis said, sounds good. So considering that that is, you know, the the landscape of how we acquired this player and then the fact that he came in and scored a goal, one goal in each of his first three games with the team that's pretty freaking good. Like I can understand why you would look at that and be like, that's awesome. And I also don't disagree. You know, like you said, he's the kind of player who's, you know, he's been on team to team, never really stuck somewhere permanently. And that's how many of the players that we have are things are kind of leveling out now with some of the trades and whatever. We're kind of getting to a, a more uh, stable ground perhaps on that front. But um, yeah, I think, I think he looks good. He, I, like I said, I, I can't offer any more than just the eye test here as of now, but he seems like a good addition for us. I also think, you know, Victor Rask has looked pretty good as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, last thing before I get you out of here, what has been the best game so far, in your opinion, this year for the Kraken? The best, the one game that just stands out to you. Um, both me and K-Hart, we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know what game I'm talking about, K-Hart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's see. So I would love your take on your best game of the season so far, or just best game in franchise history so far for the Kraken. This is very hard to say because one, I do not work all of them, so I am not at every single one of them covering them or necessarily absorbing them in the same capacity. And sometimes I am at the game doing something different where I can't even watch the game. So keep this in mind. But I guess I would say for me personally, from the game that I covered, that was the most exciting for me to be able to participate in. I actually think that that red game, red Red wings game was really fun, just considering the sheer amount of action throughout it. And the fact that the Kraken won, of course, and it was a big like home win. But it was interesting because that was one of those games where the team came in after and Coach Haxel came in after the game and was like, it's ridiculous that this game happened. Like, it was so fun to watch and to be part of and to participate in and to be absorbing, you know, the all of the action that was going on and all of the goals. Like, you know, the Red Wings start coming back in the second and you're like, what's going on? And then... Kraken rally back, but so they weren't necessarily thrilled about the way that they played. But so I, I wouldn't say it was their best game in terms of, you know, shutting down the other team, but I would say it was probably the most entertaining game that at least I absorbed and was part of. Yeah. Both me and K Hart agree that that uh, four to two win over uh, the Red Wings, in in our opinion, was the best game of the year and best game in, fr- in franchise history because, again, so you- far. 
so far. Well, I'm okay, glad so you guys far. agree with me. I mean, I feel like there's definitely no, games though, where like the Kraken have just shut it down and played better. The reason, the but... reason why we have that game as the best so far in Kraken history is because, uh, you know, the Red Wings take a two to nothing lead. They they score two goals in the second period, and all of a sudden, you know, Kraken fans, including myself, were like, "Oh boy, we're gonna have to go through a difficult third period." <laughs> No, we didn't have to go through a difficult third period. We had to go through an exciting third period where we saw this team absolutely put on a clinic, four goals in the game, four to two win, great third period comeback. And yeah, I'm glad you yeah. said the Red Wings game. I'm so nice. happy you said the Red Wings game. And I'm it glad you fun. were part of that. I Well, I, I remember like, it was it was the uh, post game interview, and it was like, who are we going to talk to? And this is the game where Yanni, I believe this is the game where Yanni took the puck to the eye. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. And he like, and so we're going to do post game with him, but I'm like, who do we talk to? Cause there's, there's so many players that you could take a storyline out of from that game that you could highlight that you could chat with. Uh, and that's always exciting when you have a bunch of choices and you have so much you want to say, like from a reporter's standpoint, when you have so much you want to ask and so much you want to talk about and so much you want to hear their take on, that's how, you know, it was a good game. Definitely. Or in my um, <laughs> Definitely. Uh, well, uh, Piper, I want to say, say thank you so much for joining us here on Seattle Sports Diaries. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on and chat hockey with you. Um, yes, it has. Yes, it has. Again, you and Jen are absolutely wonderful at what you do at your guys' job. Or excuse me, let me rephrase it. At you gals' <laughs> job. You get, I got to get that right. I'm so used to saying that. It's, it's always like, but no, um, I told Jen this. I feel like women can talk sports a lot better than men can. And <laughs> you guys are absolutely killing it at what you guys do. Do not ever stop. That is what I'm saying. You guys are amazing. Yes. Well, thank you. I and, sincerely appreciate that. And I'm sure Jen did as well. Well, I mean, hell, she gave me the drinking tips. So that, that <laughs> true, <tells me laughs> true. But Jen, she loves to share her drinking tips. She knows where to find a good bottle of wine and a good bottle of bubbles. She's she does. She's she's a good go to. Maybe, so. maybe I need to ask her for drinking tips more often. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to endorse her too much for the skill necessarily, but, but I, I, I would trust it. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and also, Piper, if you want to check out our other podcast, be commentaries. Uh, just be aware we are, it is a very explicit podcast, but we do have a lot of fun commentating the movie and also making jokes. Uh, by the way, K Hart, you got the joke of the podcast last night. You got the joke. Oh, I did. You're so sweet. Uh, Richie, uh, God, I, um, I, I will look it up, but, uh, I will get the audio for you. But, uh, Piper, um, like I said, thank you so much for being on the podcast tonight. And I hope that we can bring you on here uh, again another time to talk Kraken hockey with you. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you for having me, you guys. Thanks for thinking of me. No problem. And uh, thank your cats for the cameo, by the way. Oh, they don't need anybody to pump their tires. <laughs> they're already, like, trying to be the star of the show. So they don't, they don't oh, okay. need, they don't need the All attention. Right. All right. Well, good, good night, Piper. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Piper Shaw from Root Sports. Uh, so let me look it up real quickly. So I had it. I had the spot where it was. Hold on a second. I, I had it. And so it was near. I want to say. I want to say it was like at the right at the beginning. Oh, wait a minute. Here it is. Here it is. Hold on a sec. I got it. So. 
Oh, here we go. So I got to fast forward the pizza scene. There we go. I was talking about the crust and everything. Oh, um, damn. What what did I say? I, I can't remember. I, I listened to the podcast last night. It was, it was, by the way, did a really good job on the podcast. The audio sounded great, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, I oh, here, here it comes. Here it comes. Or another head, one of the two. Oh, God. They went to go see Critters. Ugh. No, they went to go see Morbius. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I only said that because I have not seen Morbius myself, but I've been told that it's not a very good movie by numerous people who actually like Marvel movies like myself. So, I don't think it is. No, it's yeah. not either. Hang on a second. I need to find Richie because he had the joke. Because uh, he had the joke of the of the Robin Hood podcast, but um, uh, I'll, I'll look it up later. But no, you got for two straight weeks now. I've lost out on the joke, but you guys are doing you guys are doing really good. But uh, uh, for everybody who doesn't know, both me and K Hart, we do the movie commentary podcast. We started the first movie trilogy yesterday. We started on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Next Thursday, we are doing um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two: The Secret of the Ooze. Let me see what time we are starting. Uzi. <laughs> oh god kill me uh, all right yeah. so we will be doing it at uh six o'clock and then the following week we will be doing teenage mutant Ninja turtles three we're gonna do that one at five we'll do that one at five o'clock okay. um but uh for everybody who does listen to this podcast be sure to tune in next week at 12 o'clock noon we are gonna have a very early podcast i don't uh, i don't know if you're gonna be able to uh, be able to do that one K-Hart. that one might be tough to swing but i'll see what i can do okay yeah no problem man if you can't do it it's fine but uh it'll probably be like a quick 30 minute 45 minute podcast okay. um the only reason it is going to be at 12 o'clock is because going to mariner's home opener and just had to get tickets had to get tickets wow, that's so far away for a home opener. god damn well no <laughs> it's just, uh, it the, seems the, like it because i know today's opening day i'm just Wow. Right. Well, yeah. yeah, but I mean, it pisses me off of how uh, MLB is doing this. They're they're starting the Mar- the Mariners have a roof. Right. They have a retractable roof, and they're starting the season on the road. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of fucking sense. It does. <laughs> it, it does. But um, uh, no, like I said though, dude, the, the audio for your Blue Yeti last night sounded amazing. There was not. There was a couple times where you could hear the background noise, but it was right. not as bad as your last microphone. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. It okay. Did, so what your last microphone did is it actually went with auto volume and it just went up when someone like moved or talked in the background. So there is no issue with that anymore. Okay. Um, Great. So happy that you got that. I got the blue Yeti for you. Oh, thank and, you. Um, before uh, we get out of this podcast real quickly, because it, I don't know, again, I don't know if you can do the podcast next week. So, um, I want to go ahead and say this. Go ahead. Um, I said this about uh, at the 40-minute mark. So next week on Jackie Robinson Day, the podcast is turning two years old. We are officially turning two years old. Um, and to everybody who has actually done this podcast, especially especially K-Hart, K-Hart has actually jumped in uh, to become the hockey co-host for not just the Anaheim Ducks, but the Seattle Kraken. He, like, the work you do to keep an eye on the Kraken, keep an eye on the Ducks as well. 
I can't say enough from the bottom of my heart of just how thankful I am that you are a part of this podcast because so <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I thought it was a one-time thing because I know my friend uh, Victor has suggested me to your original tweet. I thought it was going to be a one-time thing. I'm like, bet. I'm already on podcast as it is. And then it became, yeah, come back next week. And then next week after that. But, so. no, I think – so we have Riley who does the Seattle Seahawks segment with us. Um, I can't thank him enough for everything that he does because he's such a big help to this podcast. Nate has not been on this podcast for a couple of weeks. He His baby is due here either today or tomorrow. Uh, the, so he's going to be a little bit busy. So I'm going to have to do the baseball segment just alone. But I thank him so much for stepping in and doing that. Um, Trevor is a big help. He does the UW Husky segment with me. But again, I can't thank you enough for everything you've been doing with this podcast. Because again, you, you've been with this podcast now for almost a full year. Uh, I want to say here, in, so October is going to be your one year anniversary. And, you know, the work you've been putting in to, again, like I said, watch Kraken game or keep an eye on Kraken games and also watch Ducks games. I cannot thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for what you do. And then take an hour and a half to two hours out of your Thursdays to do the movie commentary podcast with me. That is something that I cannot thank you enough to do as well because i'm just thanking everybody for this podcast because it's been it, it really has been a tough two years but i do see here the next couple of years getting better and better and better and again i'm so happy that you're part of this podcast and you're part of this ride thank you Appreciate no problem it. man it, it and i and again i do and, and it comes from the bottom of my heart man because actually no let's let's do the top of the heart the top of the heart's better Yes, because <laughs> I don't want you to be at the bottom because that just means that I'm crapping you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, like I said, it was a surprise to me um, that I was requested to keep coming back. I thought it was a one time thing. And then you would find an actual, you know, homemade Kraken fan, not someone from California who is primarily Ducks, then Kraken. So that was. I want to say I I'm going to be truthfully honest with you. I yeah. want to say that I think we have made you not just a Ducks. You're not just a Ducks fan, but I think we also made you a Kraken fan as well. But when the Kraken and Ducks play, the gloves are off. You oh, cheer yeah. for the Ducks. There, there's yeah. no doubt about it. Ah, and when you know and, and hey, <laughs> when when the Ducks and Kraken play, guess what? I'm all Kraken, and it's a rivalry between both me and him. Um, right. I want to say next year. So this is so this is going to be a little funny. So next year, every Anaheim Ducks and Kraken matchup, let's put five dollars down. Okay. So five dollars. So five dollar bet on every matchup, and we'll again. I, I will laugh my ass off if if it gets split, and we got to keep sending the five dollars back. Just, and like, forth. Damn, just keep it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so open for that. I am so down for that. All right, man. And uh, uh, so again. That is going to do it for this episode of Seattle Sports Diaries. Like I said, next week we are going to go live at 12 o'clock. Um, like it, like K-Hart just said, he's going to try to make it. He'll let me know if he can't, but uh, it'll probably be between, it'll probably be a 30 to 45 minute podcast. Like I said, I'm going to be attending Mariners opening night and I got to get there a couple hours beforehand because batting practice and the festivities. Oh my God, dude. It, it, baseball's back. Baseball's fucking back, dude. I'm so happy. And of course, the Angels lost last night. 
uh, like, so I have so many Angels fans on my tail, and I'm just like, I know how this is going to play out. But I, I see it every year, and they lose. And I'm just like, I don't want to say I told you so. You, but... Okay, real quickly, you should have seen the final out from the Mariners today. You, yeah. you go down the timeline of the Seattle Sports Diaries account. Yeah. You will find the final out and just look how close it was to a walk-off home run. It was that close. If the wind had picked it up, the game would have been over. But it was a uh, first of all, what was up with Matt Baskurgeon last night? <laughs> yeah, man, I can't talk baseball. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Alrighty. Um, well, that yeah. is going to do it for this episode of uh, Seattle Sports uh, Seattle Sports Diaries podcast. Like we said, next week is going to be a very short podcast. K-Hart is going to try to make it. If not, he's going to be back the following week. Yes. And also, let me say this. So next week is going to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. No, it's sports. the Ooze. Yeah. The <laughs> Ooze. Oh, my God. Gosh. All right, all right. Let me, but uh, but no, so so next week, uh, next Thursday, if you guys tune into BS Commentaries, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Apple, Spotify, and Google if you want to. So next week is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. And then, of course, the Friday, we're going to have a short podcast. But then the following Thursday and Friday, I'm not even going to be in my home doing the podcast. I'll be in a hotel doing the podcast. So... Or both of them, both of them. I'll be doing. And here's the thing: I'm actually, I will probably drink. I am actually going to drink during oh, both yeah. podcasts. It, it's, it'll be. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Hold on a second. Doesn't all Ninja Turtle fans need a drink for the third movie? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think. Okay, I will say this though. I'm not. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get hammered though. I, I will okay. promise you that. I'll just have like a couple beers. But right. uh, my vacation will start, and I'm just so happy. And like I said, K-Hart, again, um, if you're not on the show next week, again, I need, to th- I need to be thanking everybody here who is working with Seattle Sports Diaries, who does uh, – and also a big shout-out to Richie uh, for also being a part of the Seattle Sports Diaries production crew. Um, here's the thing. We may not be an official business, but I consider this a business, and I consider everybody who works with this podcast a family member. I consider K-Hart family. I consider Riley family, Nate – Everybody who works with this podcast and the movie commentary podcast are part of the family. They're part of the Seattle sports diaries family. And I'm again, I'm so fucking grateful. I am beyond fucking grateful that I have such an incredible family to do this podcast with once a week. And it's, I, I, I know I'm, I know I'm going on and on about this, but again, K Hart, you really are, perhaps one of the team MVPs of this podcast, because again, you don't just do the hockey segment with me. You take an hour and a half to two hours to do the movie podcast with me. And I'm so happy that you do that because you've done really, first of all, you did a really good job with the Morpheus joke last night. Oh, man. <laughs> I keep it loaded. It definitely. I, I'm actually, okay. I'm interested to see what we, uh, first of all, are we, are we supposed to make just jokes next week since it's ooze? Uh, no, I think we do it all next week. <laughs> all right, K Hart, man. I'm going to let you go enjoy the rest of your night, man. You have all a good right. one, brother. Bye, everybody. All right. That is going to do it for this episode of Seattle Sports Diaries podcast. We will see you next Friday for a between a 30 and 45 minute podcast. Peace out, everybody.